Welcome back to the Yellow Box Podcast. This week, we are joined by community pastor Ian Simpkins as we continue our series, Simplify. For more information, please visit us at www.communitychristian.org. And remember, you can always find us at the Yellow Box on Sundays at 9.30 a.m., 11.15 a.m., and 5 p.m. We hope to see you there. Welcome to Celebration Generosity. My name is Dave Ferguson. This is John Ferguson. We're brothers. And we're also the co-founding pastors of Community Christian Church. And today is a very special day, not just because of Celebration Generosity, but it's also the 10th anniversary of Celebration Generosity. You might be able to tell we're not coming to you from Chicago anywhere, but we're actually in Nicaragua, one of the homes of our four teams, the Compassion Team. You know, I love this day because it gives us the chance to once again be one church with one vision on one mission together. And so this Sunday, every single dollar that you give will go to the four teams that are doing incredible work all over the world. And you know, in the last nine years, we've given away over four and a half million dollars in those nine Sundays on the first Sunday of our fiscal year. We're in the middle of a great series called Simplify. And throughout this series, we've been talking about how you can unclutter your soul. And one great way for you to unclutter your soul and to leave a legacy is through the practice of generosity. Now, even though I'm in Nicaragua, I know you back home, you got an envelope. So I want you to go ahead and grab that envelope. Fill out your name and then your email and your phone, and then also what location you're a part of. So if you do that right now, that'll be a great help to us later on. In a little while, you'll hear more about the great work that God is already doing right here uh, in Nicaragua. But first, we want to let you hear from Community 412. You know, Community 412 is a ministry most of us are familiar with. Uh, We've been doing incredible work mobilizing Christ followers to be agents of justice and compassion and love in local communities, under-resourced communities throughout Chicagoland. You'll also get to hear from Rhoda Lynn. Uh, Rhoda Lynn is the principal at Frontline Academy, which is a part of Frontline Ministries in the Philippines. You'll love hearing her story of actually growing up at Frontline, but also the stories of the children that she's had the opportunity to impact over the years. So let's hear from Community 412 and Frontline. My name is Kirsten Strand, and I'm the director of Community 412. It's a very exciting year for Community 412 this year. We're celebrating our 15th anniversary of working in East Aurora and our 10th anniversary of working in Joliet. It was exactly 15 years ago this month that I sat down with Francisco de los Santos, the principal at Brady Elementary, and we dreamed about doing a gift mart. 15 years ago, I had the great opportunity of meeting Kirsten Strand. She knocked on my door. She came into the, you know, I had a meeting. I didn't know where this was going. I knew that then, after we were done with our meeting, that this was going to make an impact in our school. What I loved about that gift mart was an opportunity for people to come in and and not just get toys, but to really interact in a face-to-face way with, with volunteers from our church and do it in a way that provided dignity for those families. You could just see the joy on their faces when they could see a toy sitting there on the shelf and know that is the perfect thing for my child, as opposed to having someone kind of show up on their doorstep with with a toy that may or may not be exactly what their child was looking for. At that moment, I knew that we were onto something kind of special. And as we're preparing for our 15th gift mart this year, we're going to be holding it in five different locations, and there will be 10 different schools participating, with more schools always kind of in in the background ready to, to get involved. If we can give someone else is is needing that and so that opportunity to just be able to take from our heart and give to the members of the community i know for the families the look on their faces as they were able to be here and to get gifts for their children the kids had a great time in the other rooms where they didn't see what was happening they don't even know what their parents bought it's a real surprise for them being able to do that for these children 
It's just, it's second to none. For me, as a principal, it's like getting a two-for-one. We are able to bring happiness to our students and our parents. And not only that, every single penny, every single dollar that is spent on those gifts come right back to our building. And I don't know if you can see this beautiful library. All that money has gone into filling up all the shelves. It has gone into student supplies. Uh, anything that we need. And so over the years, we've developed book clubs, parent mentor programs, tutoring and um, extracurricular activities. We run a chess club and a dominoes club and lots of different ways that our volunteers have been able to come in and come alongside students and staff at the school to really help them meet needs that they identify as, as things that they think we could, could help them do. I have many, many uh, students that have... Um, benefited in many ways and one of them in particular I can think of is a little guy that started in kindergarten here years ago. He belongs to a tutoring club where Community 412 volunteers come in and so making those strong bonds has really changed this child's life. You can see him now and compare him to where he was five years ago or so, six years ago. He has just been, he wants to come to school, he wants to see the mentor, he wants to be involved, which wasn't the case at the beginning. That whole partnership now, it, be, it be kind of like went uh, the extra mile. This is a big year for Community 412, and so Celebration Generosity is going to be a crucial step to helping us make our, our dreams come true this year. And some of those include, we are planning to start an early childhood program for homeless children at Hesed House. We'll be running a preschool uh, two nights a week. We're also going to open a citizenship tutoring center at our Aurora location, where refugees and immigrants can come and help get training and practice for the citizenship test that they, they need to take. And then in Joliet, we've just trained some brand new Kids Hope directors, so we're hoping to expand our, our Kids Hope mentoring program in our Joliet schools. And we're very excited this year to be able to launch Community 412 Chicago. And we're going to do that by partnering with Palmer Elementary School in the Albany Park neighborhood of Chicago. Palmer Elementary is a school that serves about 900 kids, 80% of whom are low income, and 70% of whom come from refugee and immigrant families. As someone who has been on the ground for the past 15 years with Community 412, I can say the generosity of this church has been phenomenal. And the things that it has allowed us to accomplish over the past 15 years are beyond any wild expectations we could have had. We often can throw up our hands and say, what, what can I possibly do to help? And contributing to Celebration Generosity and the work that we're doing through Community 412 is one way to make a, a small difference in a world of problems that can sometimes feel really overwhelming. And whether it's a, a small step or a large gift, everything that you give to Community 412 will help us to further our mission of uniting people to restore communities right here in Chicagoland. My name is Rhoda Lynn. Most people call me Dudes. I've been the director of Frontline Christian Academy for eight years. I think I had one of the best childhoods ever. We lived in a seven foot by 21 foot trailer, uh, four kids, and then my mom and dad adopted one off the streets. We were traveling all over the Philippines. I remember um, 
singing six years old, seven years old in prisons, uh, at concerts, at our gospel tent meetings. Growing up, I didn't know there was any other way until maybe we started coming back to the States and visiting churches and friends and family. And one time I asked my dad, so when are we actually going to live in a house? And dad was like, well, we do live in a house. No, one without wheels. And dad was like, don't worry, honey, tomorrow I'll take the wheels off. Frontline Christian Academy started as a bunch of us kids who were traveling the nation together and these, doing these gospel tent meetings. Uh, we were really a bunch of kids homeschooling together. And uh, when we started taking children off the streets uh, several years ago, we knew that in order to influence them long term, we had to be able to control the learning environment because the public education system in the Philippines leaves a lot to be desired. At the school, at FCA, uh, 20 to 30 percent of our students are always from the Face the Children program. I think the partnership with Frontline uh, and Community Christian Church has been unique. It's been more like family. It's been like community. When we come and visit, it's like we're kind of coming home. The children that we serve at Face the Children look forward to every summer when a Community Christian sends out a team and they know, oh, she's coming back, oh, he's coming back. It's been a real family thing, and um, I love how it feels like we're just on the Jesus mission together. Since last year's Celebration Generosity, uh, we've seen two new church campuses open. Uh, we've opened four new house churches this year, and we're looking to open more. Uh, we have also been able to bring in more kids off the streets. You've helped keep our school's doors open. Um, we've been able to reach uh, more children with the love of Jesus Christ. Um, a few teachers have actually come to Christ uh, because of that, and it's just amazing to listen to their testimonies of how they met Christ at school. Looking forward, we hope to see growth in all the four components that Frontline serves in. We hope to be able to take in more children uh, from off the streets and give them the loving family that every kid deserves. Uh, we hope to be able to open more churches, uh, church sites, and, um, and social enterprises and sewing factories for the communities who really need it. Right now, one of the uh, biggest projects that we have ongoing is our new school. Frontline Christian Academy is growing and having a huge impact on the lives of young people and their families and the community around us here, including our children from Face the Children. Uh, Frontline now has recently acquired a new property and we've got plans to put up uh, much better classrooms, more classrooms to serve a larger number of people, and uh, particularly with a focus on the marginalized and impoverished. Face the Children, our children's refuge center, actually works with abandoned, abused, or dangerously neglected children. Uh, when we find a child that fits any or, in some cases, all of those categories, right now we have almost 40 kids living full-time. They uh, receive three meals a day. They receive the family that they always wanted. Um, they get to go to school. Um, they get connected with our church and the ministries. The transformation is so extreme where they begin to do ministry to the impoverished communities. So we have uh, some of our teenagers in Face the Children, they go to our feeding programs and feed the kids that they used to be one of those kids. We found Rachel when she was about two years old. Um, she was very malnourished. Um, her father was using her as uh, like a begging tool. Her hair was falling out. Her She's actually blind in one eye. She was so malnourished. We were able to get uh, permission to take her in. Um, 
She lives, she's been living with us for about seven years now, and it's almost like she isn't the same kid. She's got one of the best smiles ever. She just lights up room. The kids we serve uh, are our kids at Face the Children. They finally are able to not just, oh, someone visits and never comes back, or, oh, yeah, I met this cool person, but I'm never going to see him again. They're able to actually build relationships with the teams that come over, um, and that means so much to them. That means, um, like, it's like having the extended family that we try to provide them with. Um, and you guys don't know uh, how much it means to me. It makes you feel fulfilled because you're living for more than just yourself. You're living for others. For me, it's not even a question who wouldn't want to be part of something bigger than yourself. Why not do something that adds purpose to your life and value to someone else's? Why not contribute to helping one more kid get off the street? I, that doesn't feel very risky to me. Yeah. about you but that sounds a lot like Jesus and, and when I hear stories like that you think about like kids who previously didn't have a hope of anything right like real flesh and blood stories of, of people's lives being changed kids who didn't have a family who now have a family communities that that maybe people would have assumed were forgotten we're not planting churches in Community 412, like Gift Mart, I, I heard of Gift Mart actually before I ever came here, and I was blown away by it. To, to be here now today as a part of the team that's making things like that happen blows my mind. And Gift Mart is like a fraction of what Community 412 does in and through this community. It's incredible, and it's our generosity that makes that possible. And that's ultimately, that's kind of what, that's kind of what Celebration Generosity is all about. It's about building a legacy together. It's about linking arms together to invest in something bigger than ourselves. It's about loosening our, our white knuckle grip on our resources and saying, here, God, I think, I think this is better in your hands because everything that we have is on loan to us from him in the first place. We're in week three of this Simplify series, and we've been talking about uncluttering, not just like the external parts of our life, but our soul. My, my guess is that I, I don't have to convince a lot of you that in, in our culture, we're, we're a bit obsessed with, with consumerism and excess, and that idea, maybe you've heard it, that like more, more stuff will make you like more secure or more satisfied, but... My guess is that some of you have, have tried that route. You've actually found yourself feeling less secure and less satisfied. That more didn't actually deliver the way that you thought it would. There's a, a guy named Robert Frank who was a, a Wall Street Journal columnist. He wrote a book called Richestan. And in this book, he kind of explores the world of the wealthiest people in America. And uh, in one of the chapters, he conducts a survey where he asks people, uh, how much wealth would you have to have to feel financially secure. He asked people worth a million dollars, worth $10 million, and worth $100 million. How much would you need to feel financially secure? Do you know what every bracket said? 
twice. I would need twice. Whether they're worth a million, 10 million, 100 million, each category of person said, you know what I would need to feel secure? It's double, double that. And in fact, he found that in many of these situations, many of the people he interviewed were actually more plagued by anxiety and fear and worry than a lot of other people that he interviewed. Our accumulation of stuff doesn't just clutter our spaces, it clutters our souls. And I I don't think it should surprise us that Jesus teaches a better way. He teaches a better way about building a legacy, not just one more storage shed for our stuff. And in the most famous sermon he ever gave, he said this, he says, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. He's saying that's, that's stuff that you're accumulating. That's not legacy stuff. It doesn't ultimately last. Eventually, that gets rusty. It falls apart, and people forget about it. That's not legacy stuff. It won't last. And then he goes on. He says, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin don't destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. Essentially saying, use what I have given you to further a mission that matters. Use the resources, whatever it is, however much, whatever we have to further the mission of helping people find their way back to God. And then he concludes with this. It says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, please don't miss this. He says, when, when we're generous... Our, our heart begins to become attached to the things that matter and not the latest trinkets or gadgets, whatever fad comes and goes. This is when, when we're generous, when we recognize that everything that we have is on loan to us from God in the first place, when that happens, and it's not instantaneous, but we begin to actually align more and more with what God's doing in the world, we'll actually find our hearts more attached to the things of God than the things that I think we ultimately deep down know won't bring us life. It won't bring us satisfaction. A lot of us have tried, and these things have left us feeling wanted. Being generous, it frees us from the unquenchable desire to acquire more. It frees us from the desire to simply crave more, and we get swept up in the joy of seeing God do more. Doesn't that sound like living? To, to not be so caught up in all the stuff that we're stockpiling, but to be filled with faith and peace and contentment and purpose. And I think God deeply desires to unclutter our souls, to do so in a way that at the heart level, we were reminded day in and day out that our security and purpose and identity isn't found in all the stuff that we can accumulate that he looks at us and said, son, daughter, I loved you and I've made you for so much more than just simply consuming. We get to join him in this work. And today is a really, really powerful opportunity to do just that. So here are just two other ways that we're partnering with what God is doing in the world through our compassion team and our new thing team. Take a look. My name is Jim Melton, and I'm the Global Partnerships Director here at Community. 
Celebration generosity is truly one of my favorite times of the year because I get to witness our whole church being on mission for our global partners. We pick Compassion International because they have been proven to be the best long-term alleviation of poverty strategy. Basically, their theory is that when you start with a child at the age of four and give them nutrition and health care, the proper education and the spiritual development they need, that they can be the ones to alleviate poverty in the world. Because of your generosity, we've been able to plant another church in Nicaragua, which means during this past year, over 200 children have been added to the Compassion Program. So this past summer, we've had the opportunity to go visit our first church plant in Nicaragua. Uh, there's a pastor there named Oscar Torres, who was a former Compassion child, and now leads this church, which also has a Compassion Program. My name is Oscar Torres. I have 21 years old. I'm pastoring in the Iglesia Libre de los Valles en la comunidad El Nin en Nicaragua. Pienso de que los momentos más alegres por los cuales disfruté luego de... fue que dentro de mi infancia eh, pude ingresar a lo que... Eh, cuando inicia el programa, eh, con pasión, comenzamos a ver a los niños como potenciales, como líderes. de la iglesia y, y parte del proyecto de compasión, se necesitaba mucho esto para estar pastoreando. Porque primero vi la teoría y ahora ejerzo en la práctica. As we walked into Lily of the Valley's church, not only Pastor Oscar, but his whole congregation is there to greet us. And it's not just a hi, come in, it's songs, it's dances, it's speeches, it's balloons. And for a people who obviously are very, very hardworking, like just serving their community, you can tell the time that's invested just to make sure that we feel welcome. So it's just another sign that, hey, for us, we know that we're truly doing something worthwhile because they show that appreciation. Acá vienen niños de escasos recursos, como al igual donde crecí había niños de escasos recursos, al igual que donde crecí. El riesgo de, de introducirse a, a una sociedad con mala influencia, posiblemente en droga, pandilla, la separación de su familia. Y por eso sirvo acá, de rescatar, de salvar. Our role as a sponsor is really deeper than picking up a packet and writing out a check for sure. I think until you really go, you don't realize the impact that a letter has in helping the sponsor child develop. While we were in Nicaragua, we had the chance to meet uh, some of the graduates of the program, uh, one of which was studying to be a doctor, and we asked him, what role do the letters play in your journey? Without prompting, the mom pulls out this binder, and it's full of all the letters that he had received throughout his time in compassion. And seeing that was just further confirmation that we truly have a role as a sponsor to provide love and hope and encouragement. And when we do so, it can truly make a difference and lead children who were previously living in poverty to become doctors. I sponsor a child named Hector at our Nicaragua project. And I had a great opportunity not only to see him at church, but I got to go into his home, which was really cool. I walked into his house and, you know, we send letters and pictures. And as I walked in, there's a picture of me and my daughter on his wall. And so I'm totally amazed and totally shocked. And not only that, but got the opportunity really to meet the dad for the first time. And we got to relate to each other on how we live our lives together. So not only do we see we're making a difference in the life of one child, but the entire family benefits. 
We never want to stop planting churches because it allows us to go into the poorest of the poor areas and bring more kids into the Compassion Program. And so we want to do that again in Nicaragua. But we also have partners in Haiti who we established over the last four years, and we don't want to neglect them as well. And so a new program called the Child Survival Program enables mothers to keep their babies healthy and alive up until the time in which they can enter the Compassion Program. So we would like to start a child survival program for our partners in Haiti to help the infant children as well as plant the church. And if we do all of that, it means that we'll have impacted over 1,000 children during our five years of Compassion. Thank you, Community Christian Shore, for your generosity. My name is Patrick O'Connell. I'm the global director of New Thing. New Thing is a catalyst for movements of reproducing churches. That means we plant churches just like community all over the world. Over the last four years, God's done some amazing things through New Thing, particularly in the area of global partnerships. We've been able to partner with leaders all over the world to start new networks that lead to new movements that ultimately lead to new churches and helping more people find the way back to God. It's been quite amazing. One of our initiatives at New Thing is to plant churches in the global gateway cities of the world. And these are the cities where there's economic and arts and government and the powerhouses of the world. And so we were privileged to have a group of Africans, in particular Kenyans, join us at Community here for a season. They're part of what we call our Global Residency Program. The Global Residency has helped me to explore many of the gifts that God has given me. It has enabled me to think bigger and to grow in my vision for, for God's work. I feel like my mind has been opened to a different culture, a different people, but the same God. We might look different, we might think different, but we have one God. So my mind has been opened to a much broader, bigger God. It's just a beautiful thing when we as a church work together towards the same goal. Uh, though we are different uh, from different continents, we find a common place where we can serve God. Our effort is always to connect with leaders unlike us, that are diverse, that come from different ethnicities, the language groups, uh, countries and regions. And it was our privilege to connect with David Washington, and he's got a fascinating story uh, about his own journey of finding his way back to God. But a few years ago, God called him to plant the church on the south side of the city. Right before he plants that church, he does a leadership residency with us right here at Community. And for about a year, he came to all of our events. He was a part of our team. Uh, we helped him draft his first plans for the new church. And uh, we made a friendship that is no doubt going to continue for years ahead. Uh, I grew up here in the Rosner community, and back in the 90s, I was the first chief of the Gangster Disciple Nation, which is one of the biggest gangs in the city and I came to know Jesus Christ because of the ministry of the Salem Baptist Church of Chicago. When I was at the bottom of my rope, I hoped that God was real because I said, my lawyer can't get me out of this, nothing natural can get me out of this, but if God is really real, he can get me out of this. And so it began a process of God developing me and helping, helping to disciple me and helping me to learn the Bible. And that led to, to ministry, full-time ministry for me. When we first started this church plant, um, I knew that 
I would need support from others because God did not call us to be gladiators. Gladiators fight alone. God called us to be soldiers and soldiers fight side by side. The opportunity to do the leadership training center came up. I did that. Obviously doing that allowed me to build more relationships with more people so that I can get around people who are doing this well and learn what I can learn so that I can be faithful to the God, to the call God has placed on my life. Because of Celebration Generosity, we've been able to do a ton, really. We've been able to do Catalyst Communities on three new continents. A Catalyst Community is an opportunity for leaders to come together and dream ahead. And we help them collaborate. We help them figure out the how and the why to help them start new networks. And those networks lead to new churches. We've been able to start a global residency and actually get residents here to Chicago to train them so that they could go to Johannesburg and plant churches. We've been able to build out a North American team. We didn't have that in place. And now we have a group of leaders in North America who are endeavoring to plant churches with leaders all over this continent. We've got a team that is in Africa that you all have helped start because we could get them there through Celebration Generosity and the funding that you gave us. We have been able to do a ton and we're just getting started and we're grateful for it. Victory for me is not how many people sit in the pews. Victory for me is not how much money is in the bank. Victory to me is that the Great Commission is happening, that disciples are being made. If people are coming to know Jesus and their lives are being changed by that, then I think we're successful. If we take our five loaves and our two fish and put it in Jesus' hand, Jesus can use that to feed a lot of people. It's about everybody making the contribution that God has blessed them to make so that the kingdom of God can expand. And so every dollar that's invested in new thing through Celebration Generosity ultimately goes to helping us plant new churches. And so while we're very happy with where we are at 1300. We're dreamers, we're visionaries, and we want to plant 10,000 new churches in the next few years. And we can only do that with the support that we receive through Celebration Generosity. You've just had the opportunity to learn about the amazing work of the four teams of Celebration Generosity. I mean, some of them are doing awesome stuff in your own backyard, some of them in other parts around the world. What I want to challenge you to do is to give generously, whether it's to one team or all four teams. Now, for some of you, this may be your very first week or second week here at Community, or, or maybe you're like John and I, and this is the, your 10th celebration generosity. I want to challenge all of us, all of us, to give generously. So here's our chance to express our love by simply being generous. Now you can designate your generous gift to one, two, three, or all four teams. Just simply fill out the amount, and you'll be able to turn it in just a few moments. John and I were talking before we got on to talk to you, and both our families have decided that today we're going to give our largest gift of the year. I want to challenge you to think about doing the same. What if you gave your largest gift of the year today? What greater need is there? And what a great way to both unclutter your soul and to leave a legacy. When I think about Celebration Generosity celebrating its 10th anniversary, I think about 10 years ago sitting in the seats at church and watching the video with the pictures of the children that were living in the streets in the Philippines and thinking, how is that possible, that this, that this is our world, that this is happening? And so I traveled to the Philippines with a group from community, and I met 
many of the children that live there on the streets. Since then, I've, I've been back to the Philippines almost every year over the past 10 years. And during my travels there, I had the opportunity to meet three children who were living on the streets in the red light district of Manila. They were living in the side of a building where the building had deteriorated and that was, that was their home. They were selling vegetables on the streets during the day to raise a little bit of money, but they were elementary school age children. And through, through a series of events and when their lives really became in danger, thankfully Frontline was able to take those children into, into the Face the Children program. And, um, you know, here 10 years later, I actually just visited them again in July. And now these two little girls, Julianne and Lovely, will Facebook messenger me at night. And I get to hear about um, how the volleyball team did that day or the dance competition that they participated in. And, um, you know, they call me mom. <laughs> and I call them mine. And I know that they are not alone. It takes all of us to accomplish the mission, whether it is tutoring children in East Aurora and Joliet, or planting churches in Kansas City or Kenya, or sponsoring children in Nicaragua or Haiti. We are not alone. In fact, we are better together, and we do everything we do for he who is greater and worthy of our praise. And this, this is our worship. We do well when we find a way to give it all to Him.